Welcome to episode one of the Digital Brand Envy podcast. I am your host, Michelle Caruana, and I am so happy that you're here. If you're not familiar with me or my business or my team, go back to episode zero and listen in so you can get a little background about us and how we serve our clients and what this podcast is all about. But this episode is called The Five Steps We Give Our Clients That Are Starting From Scratch. So whether you are starting a business from scratch or if you're looking to make a pivot or if you're considering adding a new sector or stream of revenue to your business or if you're just curious about what steps you might take in that scenario, this episode is for you. So thank you for being here again. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a rating in iTunes. We're going to start giving listener shout outs and we would really appreciate it so that we can keep putting out this free content for you every single week. All right, I hope you find this valuable. Here we go. You're listening to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, where we believe creating an impactful customer journey is the biggest opportunity to grow any business. Sales funnel strategist Michelle Caruana will let you in behind the scenes of the campaigns and launches her team is working on while highlighting what's working and what's not to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans so you can achieve your own envy-worthy brand. Okay, I am going to walk you through the exact steps that we take our clients through to get their new product, service, or offer up and running and selling consistently using a simple sales funnel. This is going to be a high-level overview of each step, but we will be continuing to dissect each of them further in upcoming episodes. Before we dive in, I just have to say, don't let the term funnel throw you off. A sales funnel doesn't have to be complicated or have 25 steps or tons of moving parts to be effective. Remember, a sales funnel is just the way you attract potential customers and then move them closer to a buying decision and ultimately hopefully convert them into paying customers or clients. Most businesses have, or they should have, sales funnels or processes, but maybe they're not automated or optimized or maybe they're not converting as well as they should. What we help clients with and what we're going to be helping you with on this podcast is setting up sales processes and funnels so that they not only result in a significant increase in revenue, but also result in freeing up key people in the business, maybe it's yourself, to do more intentional and strategic work and not do a ton of intervention in the process that's better off just being automated. If you're feeling a little lost or overwhelmed, don't worry. Just know that the goal here is to generate more passive income for your business so you can do more of whatever it is you do best and what you enjoy doing so you can live out your dreams as a business owner. Something else I want you to remember while you listen is when you are just getting started or if you're launching something new, it does not need to be perfect. Some of my most successful digital products were launched probably a little earlier than they should have been, but... I heard once that if you're not totally embarrassed looking back at the first iteration of your product or course, then you waited too long to launch it. I have found that to be so true. Late last year, I launched one of my own courses called Play Cafe Academy, where I teach aspiring indoor playground owners how to go from daydream to opening day in less time and with less stress. When I began with the first few steps of the PCA funnel, and even when I began selling the course and taking payments, it actually wasn't done. 
it really wasn't even close to being finished. I still had scripts to write, videos to record, a webinar to plan, and a ton of tech to figure out. But I knew there was an audience out there that needed the information that I had been keeping to myself for the last three years, and I didn't want to wait any longer. As life coach Brooke Castillo says, your B-minus work can change people's lives. What can't change people's lives is the work that you're hoarding on your computer, waiting for it to become A+. So I launched, and something amazing happened. People love the content, you know, the content that I was actually almost embarrassed to put out there. I got email after email from people who were just so ecstatic that I was sharing all of my ownership secrets and helping them find the right path, and most importantly, avoid a lot of obstacles and mistakes along the way. I'm going to talk more about the specifics of that launch in later episodes, but hopefully that inspires you to just get started. So whether you're ready or not, let's get into the five steps. And anyone who's joined us already inside Digital Brand Envy, which is our membership, will notice that this sounds a little familiar. These are the same five steps in our five days to funnel Envy program inside the membership, which everyone starts with. If you would like to take a deeper dive on each of these steps and get help along the way, feel free to join us over at digitalbrandenvy.com. All right, let's start with step number one, identify your ideal customer. But first, what is an ideal customer avatar or ICA as some people refer to it as? Well, I like to break the definition down into two parts. An ideal customer can be thought of as someone, maybe a group of people who your products or services can provide the most value to. It's who you had in mind when you created your product or service. So for example, if you're an infant sleep consultant, your ideal customer might be new moms or new parents. As an ideal customer avatar, on the other hand, takes this a step further and forces you to dive deep on one person within that ideal customer group that you should be focusing on. When you're creating your ICA, you should outline everything about this ideal customer, including their age, gender, job title, or role, income level, etc. But in addition to these basic stats, we must also outline how they are feeling, what they struggle with, how they consume content, and how they spend their time, among other things. And don't worry, we'll get into some examples. With clients just getting started, we typically recommend choosing an ideal customer avatar one of two ways. The first way is choosing a past version of yourself as your ICA. So for example, if you are an infant sleep consultant and struggled yourself with your children's sleep issues before becoming certified, you may be a good fit as your ICA. Write down everything about yourself at that specific time, what you were thinking, what you tried that didn't work, where you sought answers, which resources you found helpful, and start there with your ICA. This doesn't work for everyone just starting out, but it can be a great beginning point to expand off of. The second way we recommend choosing an ICA when you're new is choosing a past client or customer who you not only got great results for, but who you loved working with. If you are really brand new and don't have any past clients or customers, choose someone, maybe a friend or a family member or someone you follow on social media who fits into that ideal customer group. So I want you to give your ICA a name and write down, again, everything you can about them. So here's an example, like I promised. Our overall company, TCG, has two main products. We have our one-on-one -on -one consulting and funnel building, and we have our membership, Digital Brand Envy. We'll start first with Digital Brand Envy. 
DBE is one low monthly price where we give all the strategy that we provide to one-on-one clients, but all of the implementation responsibility falls on the members themselves instead of on us, which we do for one-on-one clients. Sure, they can and do ask questions, but running with the information that we provide inside the membership is on their shoulders. So for Digital Brand Envy, our ideal customer's name is Taylor. Taylor is 28, listens to Gary Vaynerchuk's podcasts, and read Rachel Hollis's books, and know they are, to quote Ms. Hollis, made for more. Taylor has started a business or has an idea for one and is mainly doing it on the side, perhaps selling products locally or working one-on-one with clients. Taylor's main form of advertising is curating content on social media. They haven't become a true creator just yet because they're feeling stuck in the process and overwhelmed by tech. Taylor knows they want to grow their business and automate their lead generation and sales process and has done research but needs some guidance and help putting all of those pieces together so they actually work and convert followers and leads into customers or paying clients. Taylor really needs some inspiration from those further along in the process and could benefit from a step-by-step, easy-to-follow plan to get started and continue scaling. For our consulting business, our ideal customer's name is Brian. Brian is 35, has a business, has some content created, and is ready to scale. They're ready to make a serious investment in our expertise because they've done their own implementation for a bit. Maybe they've been in our membership and they've seen some results, but they know they need to really break through to the next level. And in order to do that, they're going to need some help. Now, this isn't to say that you have to be 28 to join Digital Brand Envy or you have to listen to Gary Vee, but when we create a piece of content, we create specifically for Taylor, for Digital Brand Envy, with their struggles and needs in mind. Do people that fall outside of this ICA find tons of value from the membership? Of course, but creating with one specific person in mind helps us to connect more genuinely and create better content that's more actionable and relevant. We understand that one business may have multiple ideal customers and have products to suit them each. We also understand that while we may feel tempted to reach all of the different potential customers we might be able to serve at once, we should focus on one at a time and should be communicating to each separately. So once our client has these basics down for their ICA, and again, we work with one ICA at a time, we put some structure to it by creating what's called a brand script for their product or service. We go through the entire story brand brand script process for each of our products and for each of our clients before we ever write copy or get started on any design. The brand script was created by Donald Miller and his team over at StoryBrand. If you haven't read his book, Building a Story Brand, I highly recommend it. If you have read it, you'll know that every ICA, in addition to all of their stats and attributes, has their own specific set of problems, namely an external, an internal, and a philosophical problem. If you're a roofer, for example, the external problem your customer has is that they need a new or repaired roof. And as Donald Miller says, companies tend to sell solutions to external problems, but people actually buy solutions to internal problems. So what's the internal problem the customer faces in that scenario? Well, they might be overwhelmed with options or intimidated by jargon and confusing estimates, not quite sure how to understand what needs to be done, and they just need someone they can trust to give them a solution. So that's how you should market and speak to them. 
philosophically, they want to feel confident as a homeowner and that they are living under a roof that they can depend on and that they can provide a safe home for their family. Start considering your own ideal customer avatar and these three problems they are facing. There's a lot more to the brand script process and a lot more insight that you need to gain into your ICA. So again, go pick up building a story brand. Just two more things I want to mention here for anyone feeling stuck or struggling with this so far. Number one, the reason we give your ICA a real persona is that when we are marketing online, we often create content or present in videos like we're speaking to a crowd, especially if we're doing something like a Facebook Live or a webinar and we can actually see how many people are watching. Many of us forget that almost every single one of the people consuming our content or watching our videos are doing so alone. They want to feel connected to you and like you're having a conversation with them, not like you're on a stage speaking at a conference and that they're just a face in the crowd. Hence, the individual ICA that you should be creating content specifically for as if they were a real client or a customer. The second and last thing I want to mention here is that if you are just starting from scratch or launching a new program or making a pivot, just take a stab at this at first and continue refining it based on the results that you see. Like everything, it doesn't need to be refined perfectly out of the gate, so don't get stuck on this step. Do your best to design your ICA, then move on. Okay, so speaking of, let's move on to step two. Put together a content creation plan. Now, this is the most involved of all the steps I'm going to go over in this episode, so just bear with me. It's worth it. Once you've defined your ideal customer, it's important to create a content creation plan around their needs. If a client does have an email list or an audience on social media, we recommend surveying their audience to see what they're struggling with and what they're wondering about and what they really need to move forward. However, since this episode is all about starting from scratch, I want to give you a really simple strategy to figure out what your potential customer wants and needs. This will focus around the free content that you're going to start with, like blogs and YouTube videos, but it will also help with determining your paid offer, which we will discuss in step five. This quick and easy strategy involves keyword research. We're going to dive deep into SEO and keywords in a few weeks with an expert, but for now, I just want to walk you through how we use keyword research to decide what types of content to create. The tool that I tend to use for this is free, and it is a Chrome plugin called Keywords Everywhere. I love this tool because it can be used in search engines, YouTube, Pinterest, any major site where there's a search bar and where people are searching for content. There are a few paid tools that we use for more advanced research, but if you're just getting started, this free tool will work just fine. There are also YouTube-specific tools, but we're going to get more into that in a future episode. So what we typically do is we start by typing our topic into the search bar or tool, however the product you're using works, and see what comes up. So for example, for Play Cafe Academy, I use this exercise when I first created my blog and YouTube channel. This was a little unique because no one was really putting content out there about opening an indoor playground, but lots of people were searching, so I enjoyed some advantages. If you type indoor playground or start to type open an indoor playground into a search bar, suggested phrases will start to populate before you hit search. Phrases that stood out to me were indoor playground's profit, indoor playground annual income, indoor playground business plan, how do you open an indoor playground, indoor playground equipment, and 
indoor playground business cost. These were the highest volume search terms. So if you're using keywords everywhere, there will just be a little number next to the term to let you know how many people are searching for it. So this told me right away that people researching this topic were concerned about the sustainability of the business model, how much they need to invest to get started, and exactly what steps they should take if they do decide to take the leap. Now, again, if you're using keywords everywhere, you will see the search volume next to each search term to give you an idea of just how often people search for that term. Since this was such a niche topic, the volume's pretty low, between 50 to 3,000 searches per month, depending on the phrase, but I knew this was still a huge opportunity because there was no one except for a few equipment businesses putting out any sort of content in this space. So, even 200 searches a month could still realistically translate into 200 potential visitors to my blog or channel and 200 people that I could potentially help on their journey. Now, again, an advantage that I had alluded to earlier was the lack of competitive content. We'll break down how to find phrases with high volume and low content competition in our digital brand envy group, but just know that you want to tackle these phrases and topics first to establish authority on Google or YouTube. So if you're familiar at all with Sunny Leonard Doozy, who's a YouTube expert and educator, her story is a really inspiring one, and she kind of stumbled upon this strategy. And again, by the strategy, I mean creating content around high volume, low competition terms. So long story short, she made one of the first Periscope tutorials on YouTube. While she only meant for clients to see it since she sent them the link, the video got thousands and thousands of views overnight because YouTube was experiencing a surge of searches on the topic and no one was putting content out there to fill the needs of that trend. Since no one was putting out any content for indoor playground ownership, I decided to go right for the big topics, which again is a little bit backwards. If you look at my early blog topics, and I'll link to my blog in the show notes, you'll see that I titled them with the exact phrasing of the search phrase, which, which helped get me right to the top of search results. The blog and video, Are Indoor Playgrounds Profitable?, is one of my most popular consistently and drives tons of leads and customers into my program. I mentioned earlier as well that people were really wondering and getting stuck around the business plan. So I decided that even before I put a full course or program out there, that I would strip the business plan that I had created and used of all of our personal or detailed information and sell the template as an introductory low-priced offer, sometimes referred to in marketing as a tripwire. The full case study and results of this particular addition to our funnel will be outlined in episode three, but let me tell you here that it worked. The conversion rate for my free content to the tripwire was outstanding at around 35%. So people were downloading the free content and then 35% of them were opting into the $27 tripwire and the conversion into my $500 paid program after the offer was about the same around 35%. This is because it was exactly what my customers needed and what they were searching for. Now, once you have a list of topics to create content for, you have to come up with a content creation plan. We recommend that clients just start out choosing one platform to focus on, like Instagram or YouTube, whatever jives with you. You can, of course, repurpose content on multiple channels, which we recommend, and we'll provide an exact workflow inside our digital brand Envy community, but focusing on one channel will really help kickstart your lead generation because you can tailor the content to that platform. 
So staying with the example of Play Cafe Academy, I chose YouTube as my main platform. I was noticing that YouTube was getting even more search volume than Google, and I also noticed that the demographics of my ideal customer avatar also fit that of YouTube, so it was a no-brainer. So just do some research here. Is your ICA hanging out mostly on Instagram? Where are they finding information? Ask them if you have to and use that as your guide. So for clients starting from scratch, a weekly piece of content is a great place to start. To pare down our content creation process for Play Cafe Academy, I create one weekly YouTube video and then have our content director, Olivia, help me translate it into a blog post. And then we cut clips of the video for Instagram and Facebook and post them there. We, of course, also share the content, both blog and video, to Pinterest, which is another topic for another episode. Um, But we're also beginning to share content on LinkedIn and seeing results there as well. Big trick here is to put it on the calendar and make it a non-negotiable. As I mentioned time and time again, and I will on this podcast, intentional and strategic content creation is one of the biggest opportunities to move the needle in your business in 2019, no matter what business you have. If you get a list of topics and put them on your calendar, I'd love to see it. So send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is at Michelle Caruana. I'll link to it in the show notes. I'd love to see some of the real action that you guys are taking from this episode. And I just want to clarify one thing. So the story that I told about Sunny Leonard Juzy about finding a high volume, low competition piece of content and putting it out there, she was very lucky, but that's kind of rare. So What you need to do to establish authority on those platforms is choose lower volume, lower competition, the key being lower competition. So like I said, Sunny found something that happened to be high volume, but you're probably going to not find that many gems because, you know, this strategy is out there, people are using it. So go for the low volume, low competition to start with and then scale up from there as you see more success. All right, just wanted to clarify that. So next, let's move on to step three. Create a freebie or lead magnet or opt-in. Now, don't worry, we're speeding up a bit from here on out through these last few steps. Now that we have your ideal customer avatar defined and you've decided on a content creation plan, we recommend creating one main freebie or lead magnet, whatever you want to call it. And just to define it, a lead magnet is something that people opt in for. So they're providing you with their email address and you're providing them with free information. So we're getting people into the, what we call the top of the funnel. All right, let's move on to step three, create a lead magnet. Now, don't worry, we're speeding up a bit from here on out through these last few steps. Now that you have your ideal customer avatar defined from step one and you've decided on a content creation plan in step two, we recommend creating one main lead magnet. If you're not familiar with the term lead magnet, it's just a piece of free information, maybe a PDF, maybe a checklist, maybe um, a list of tips or anything like that that's gated, meaning someone needs to enter their email address or maybe opt in via messenger to receive it, and you then deliver it via an automated email or message. This always seems to trip many of our members up. So again, we really break down the specifics of this process and how to hook everything up inside Digital Brand Envy. The content here can be simple. For clients that are further down the road, we often recommend creating an opt-in or lead magnet for every piece of content, like you'll often see us doing with this podcast, but you don't need to start there. So what I mean by that is every single time you say create a weekly YouTube video, you create a PDF lead magnet for every single video. So at the end of the video, you say, you know, if you want these tips, 
go to this link, download them. I'll put them in your email. Um, for Play Cafe Academy, we still just have one cornerstone lead magnet. It's an ebook and it's a call to action at every single in every single video and every single blog, and it converts really, really well. So again, you don't need to do that, but it's a great way if you have like a weekly podcast or a YouTube video to up your lead generation and also to tag your customers within your CRM if you have one based on the type of content that they're downloading and consuming. So this information in the lead magnet as a rule of thumb should be able to be consumed and implemented or digested within an hour. You don't wanna overwhelm your audience with way too much information at once. If you do, you risk them feeling totally satisfied and not needing to come back to you for a while because you gave them a lot. You can organize the information into a PDF and again, deliver it via automated email to those who opt in. So like I mentioned, for Play Cafe Academy, we have a short ebook with some advice and steps to get started in their business ownership process, which if you remember from step two was exactly what they were looking for. We have a client who sells courses to hairstylists and her lead magnet is just a simple list of 10 tips to stand out as a colorist because she knows her ideal customer is struggling to differentiate themselves in a saturated hairstylist market. For Digital Brand Envy, we offer a uh, three secrets to sales funnel video where we dispel some of the misconceptions we know our ideal customer has when it comes to their sales process and customer journey. A nutritionist client we have offers a one week meal plan and grocery list because he knows his customer, his customers need to know his taste and lifestyle matches the coaching services of the nutritionist. Hopefully the wheels are turning in your head of what you can create for your ideal customer. And again, all you need is a landing page to send people to and an automated email sequence to deliver on your promise, so to actually give them access to the PDF, which can be done for free using a service like MailChimp if you are just getting started. If you follow the steps and create truly val valuable and relevant content, you will soon be watching the leads roll in. All right, on to step number four. I told you that would be a quick one. So write an amazingly valuable nurture email sequence. So don't make the mistake that we see all the time of ghosting your leads once you deliver your lead magnet. Every time we create a piece of content like a blog or a video, we add an additional email to our welcome nurture sequence. So when somebody opts into our Play Cafe Academy ebook, for example, they will hear from us every five days for four months so far, and we keep adding and adding to it without any intervention or manual sending from us. So you always want to stay on top of mind of your customers because you just never know when that lead is going to be ready to move forward with a purchasing decision. And since our program is $500, it's rarely a snap decision. People typically will purchase after they've been hearing from us for a few months. A good practice would be to provide as much value to your leads in this sequence before you ever try to sell to them so that you can establish that no like and trust with your leads. That way, when you do go to sell to them, the decision will be a no-brainer for them because they already see you as an authority on the subject that you're teaching and they know your teaching style. However, I will caution you to not take that, you know, providing value too far. Our nurture sequence for Play Cafe Academy at the beginning was too much value, not enough call to action. I started getting inundated with emails asking how they can continue learning from me and asking if I offered one-on-one -on -one consulting, which I don't. They didn't even know that I had an online program and that, you know, I wasn't just giving this ebook away out of the goodness of my heart. It was because I wanted to eventually, you know, get them into my program because I knew it could help them. 
So now while I do still focus on the value, I also make sure maybe in the PS of the email that they're aware I do have a paid offer and that they can accelerate their success and learn from me in a more advanced one-on-one setting. Inside Digital Brand Envy, we get into exactly how to craft the sequence for maximum results, but for now, just make sure that your emails are valuable, conversational, so not too stiff or formal, and honestly, just make sure that you have one and that you're staying top of mind in your customer's inbox, even if it's just three or four emails because this so often goes overlooked. All right, finally, the last step, step number five, create your offer. I'm not going to dive too deep into this because we're talking about starting from scratch and realistically, you can collect leads and warm them up via step three and four for months and months while you're actually creating your paid offer. But the big point I wanted to get across here is that a paid product does not have to mean some big fancy signature course. It could be a $5 ebook or a coaching consult or a membership offer or an introductory product. Even if you're a restaurant owner, this applies to you. Your offer and call to action would be asking your potential customer to make a reservation or book their next catering event. While it's best to at least decide on and outline your paid offer before collecting leads, don't let this step hold you back. You can do what we did with Play Cafe Academy and get a low-priced offer out there to gain some revenue while you work on something bigger and to also establish that know, like, and trust with those customers. Or you could work on a, the lower-priced offer that leads into one-on-one consulting, you know, whatever, whatever your business model is. Just have some way for your leads to convert into customers because that first dollar that you earn from them will always be the most difficult. So you might have trouble if you don't have a lower-priced offer getting them into like a $500-plus program. So once you convert them even to a $5 offer, then it's up to you to blow them away with your content and value. If you do, they will be ready and willing next time you present them with an offer, maybe a higher priced course or coaching or product. The last thing I'll say about a paid offer is to not focus on the quantity of the content, but rather the quality. I am super guilty of stuffing my early courses with fluff just to say, oh, this course has X number of videos or this program has X hours of content. I've actually found that what people are really willing to pay for is the transformation from point A to point B, whatever you decide that is for you, and they want it as quickly and easily as possible. They don't want 25 hours of content if they can get there in 12 hours. If you have so much content in your offer that they never finish the course or program or whatever it is you're selling and they're never able to take action from it, you will never be able to get them results, which means they won't be able to provide a testimonial, which means it will be harder to continue getting a new stream of customers into your offer. The greater the transformation you are offering, the more you can charge. And it's okay to start small. You don't have to start with a $500 signature program. Our Play Cafe Academy, for example, does not give owners every single thing they'll ever need to know to operate a successful indoor playground. If it did, it would still be on my computer and not live because it would just never be done. Instead, I promise that I can get them from quote-unquote engaging to opening day in less time and with less stress than they could have ever imagined. I help them set up the space, sign the right lease, and hire and train the right people to set their business up for profitability. However, they kind of take it from there, and we have a group that goes along with the program where they can ask questions. 
So your action step here is to just decide on and outline a paid offer, even if it's not the one you ultimately want to make your cornerstone offer. So to recap the five steps I gave you in today's episode, number one, identify your ideal customer avatar. Number two, determine a content creation plan. Number three, create an opt-in or freebie lead magnet. Number four, nurture your leads with value. And number five, deliver an offer that is a no-brainer that people will feel good about purchasing. Well, that does it for today's episode. I know it's a ton of content, so check out the show notes if you missed anything. And don't forget, if you want to get really next level with this stuff, head over to digitalbrandenvy.com and join us inside our membership community. I would love to welcome you there. And again, this was just a very, very brief overview of the steps that we give our customers starting out. We are going to be taking it a step further in every single episode and really dissecting each of these steps. So have a great day. We'll see you next time. 